We're in a message series called Exodus, uh, God's Plan. And in this series, we're learning that God had a plan for his people when they were still in slavery in Egypt. And he brought them out with powerful miracles or plagues that came against the Egyptians and their gods. And finally, after the plagues, the Pharaoh let the people of Israel go. And it seemed like the end of the story. Everything seemed good. The story had a happy ending, but not so fast. Uh, the story is not yet done. And today, our message is called No Hope Miracle. So even though the Israelites <clears throat> had escaped from Egypt, something unexpected was going to happen, something that made their situation seem hopeless, a situation where they needed a miracle. Now, let me ask all of you a question. Do you believe in miracles? Well, you're in the majority. 75% of Americans believe in miracles. And about 75% of Americans believe in God. And so, those two basically go hand in hand. If you believe in a supernatural God, then it certainly makes sense that you'd believe in supernatural miracles. If you don't believe in God, then you probably don't believe in miracles either. The Bible is God's revelation of who he is. And as we read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, we see miracles. We see God acting in supernatural ways. Not only does the Bible teach that miracles happened in the past, in the pages of Scripture, things that happened literally 2,000 or more years ago, the Bible teaches us that God is still a miracle-working God. That's who he is. And he's not going to change. So God still works miracles today. He's going to work miracles in the future. Now, what is a miracle? Well, one definition of a miracle is a supernatural event that is only possible through God's power. Now, that's one of the standard definitions, a supernatural event that's only possible through God's power. But when we understand from the Bible that everything in the universe is being held together and controlled by by God's power, that definition really isn't adequate. Uh, we think that, you know, there are the laws of nature and things like that that just happened automatically. Well, the Bible teaches us actually God is in control of everything. He's holding the very atoms that our bodies consist of together. Without God's direct intervention, this whole universe would just cease to exist. And so I believe a better definition for a miracle is a supernatural act of God that's outside the normal course of events. Now, God is involved in the normal course of events. Although God does control the movement of the planets, we don't think of a sunrise every morning as a miracle, do we? Because it happens every day without fail, but God still causes it to happen. But sometimes things that would be considered natural are a miracle because of their nature and timing. Other things are clearly miracles because they are extraordinary. Somebody being healed of an incurable disease. The doctor says it's incurable. We pray that person is healed. Or perhaps even someone is raised from the dead. doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it happens. It's happened in the past. It does still happen today. Those are clearly miracles. So when are we in a position to receive a miracle from God? Well, we're in a position to receive a miracle from God when we're in a hopeless situation, when there are things beyond our control happening and we don't see any way out. 
where there's no natural way to escape. And so when you face a great difficulty in life, you are a candidate for a miracle. A miracle from God. And how do we receive miracles? We receive miracles through prayer and faith. Jesus told us, and this scripture is written out on the, on the screen and in your bulletins as well on the white page. Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now Jesus isn't here talking about literal mountains. I mean, what would be the point of having a literal mountain cast into the sea? He's talking about the mountains or obstacles in our lives that create hopeless situations. That create difficult situations. And how do we move mountains or how to, another way to say it is, how do we receive miracles which would consist of this mountain in our life that's blocking our life being removed? It's through prayer and faith. Prayer is simply asking God. Now, where does faith come from? Well, Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so as we read the Bible, as we read stories of the multitude of miracles that are recorded in the Bible, things that truly happened in the past, it helps our faith to grow to believe God for miracles today, for miracles in the future as we see what God has done in the past. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God worked miracles in the past, He's a still miracle-working God today as we pray and as we believe. So today we're going to look at a miracle story from Exodus chapter 14. And my prayer is that would build each of our faith to believe God for miracles when we face hopeless situations in our lives. Now, when we're in difficult situations, we mustn't give in to fear. Now, picking up the story, we've been in this series for a little while. The messages are on our website, is, is, and you can pick them up there if you have time to watch or listen. The Pharaoh had just let the Israelites go from slavery in Egypt. They'd been there 430 years. They finally had been released. They were now on their journey to the promised land. But suddenly, the Lord spoke to Moses, the leader of Israel, and gave him some unexpected directions. God told Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. A strange instruction from God. They'd just been released from slavery in Egypt. They were heading for the promised land, and now God told them to turn back toward Egypt. Why turn back? Moses must have thought. We need to get as far away from Egypt as fast as possible. But God said, turn back. And God revealed more of his plan to to Moses. He said, when you turn back, the Pharaoh who let you go is going to have his heart hardened. He's going to pursue you. He's going to try to recapture you. But I will get glory over Pharaoh and all of his armies so that the people will know that I am God. And so there would be a good ending. And so Moses obeyed. He turned back and the people followed him. And what happened? It happened just as God had said. 
The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamped at the sea. And so God's plan was working just as he had told Moses. When the Pharaoh heard the reports that the, the, the Israelites had turned back, he thought they were wandering, they were lost, or who knows what, but it was his chance, a chance to recapture these slaves that had been very valuable in his service. That why did I let these people go? Well, he let the people go because of all the plagues. It was ruining Egypt. But anyhow, he, he said, I'm going to get them back. And so he came with a large army consisting of horsemen, chariots, horse-drawn chariots, soldiers. The Egyptians were a world power. This was a huge army. The Israelites were not armed. They couldn't withstand. They couldn't fight back. They, had no, they were no match for the Egyptians. The Israelites were on foot. They couldn't outrun the Pharaoh's chariots or his horsemen. And the other problem is they were camped on the shore of a sea, the shore of the Red Sea. And so the Egyptians were coming, I don't know the directions, let's say from the left. And on the right was the sea. So they were trapped. They couldn't go forward. They had no boats. Egyptians were coming this way. They couldn't escape. So what was the people's response? Well, it says, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So the reaction of the Israelites was great fear. They feared they would lose their lives. Pharaoh was angry. He had all these soldiers at his command. They did cry out to God. That was a good thing. But then they grumbled against Moses. It would have been better for us to stay there, Moses, than to come out as slaves, than to come out here and be slaughtered in the wilderness. And so we see the people's prayer, but we don't see any faith in this hopeless situation. In fact, they were probably wondering why Moses had led them back towards Egypt. That seemed to be the cause of this hopeless situation. And so we can learn from the Israelites not to give in to fear when we face difficult situations, as they did. Now, God wants us to understand that when we face difficult or hopeless situations in our lives, God is working. Nothing surprises God. It may surprise us. But nothing takes God by surprise. God works in ways that are beyond our understanding. And his plans are for his glory and for our good. Now, fear on the one hand and faith on the other are polar opposite attitudes. If you are in fear, you're not in faith. If you're in faith, you're not in fear. Now, fear does have a purpose because it causes us to cry out to the Lord. God, what is going to happen? I'm afraid. God, please help us. And as we cry out to God, God wants us to choose to trust him. And as we choose to trust him, he begins to replace our fear with faith. And we begin to believe God for a miracle. Now, this morning, I'd like... As we go through this message, I'd like to ask you to think about the most difficult situation 
you're facing in life right now. If you're not sure what that situation is, it's the situation that you worry about the most. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of us worry? I would guess, I see a few fingers going up, but uh, I would guess most of us, the thing you worry about is the thing I want you to think about this morning. Worry is simply another word for fear. I'm worried this is going to happen. I'm worried if this doesn't turn out, this is going to happen. Worry is another word for fear. If you're not already praying, begin to pray to God about the situation that you're worrying about, the difficult situation in your life, and then ask God to help you Replace worry and fear with faith in a miracle-working God. So don't give in to fear. Don't be overcome by fear. Listen to God's encouragement. And so the people of Israel were in fear. They were grumbling against Moses, their leader. But Moses was not in fear. He was in faith. At least he had a lot more faith than the people of Israel. And so Moses addressed the people. He said, Uh, In verse 13, to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. So Moses is in faith. And what does he instruct the Israelites to do? He says, don't be afraid. You say, well, Moses, how can you say that? I mean, the Egyptians are coming. Why shouldn't we fear? Well, because the Lord is going to save you. God is here. They were afraid of the Egyptian army, but God was going to fight for them and he was going to conquer the Egyptians. Now, how? They had no idea at this point. And so what did the Israelites have to do? They had to not fear. They had to stand firm and to be silent. I think that meant stop grumbling against Moses. Okay, God said, just keep your mouth shut. Stop grumbling and complaining. And do not fear. If they did those things, they would also be in faith. Story continues in verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. That the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And so the Lord then gives specific instructions directly to Moses. Moses seemed quite confident in dressing the people, but apparently in private, he was still crying out to God, God, I don't know what's going to happen. What am I supposed to do? And God says, well, Moses, the time for prayer is over. It's time now to take action in faith. Moses, you are to command the people to go forward. Well, that didn't seem possible. To go forward... There was a sea there. How can we go forward when there is a sea right in front of us? And we have no boats. Well, God said, Moses, this is what you do. Command the people to go forward. Lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea. And the sea is going to divide. And the people will go through on dry ground. Now, that would be a miracle, would it not? Completely contrary to the laws of nature. I mean, that just doesn't happen. How can a sea divide and people go through and dry ground? It would be a miracle that would allow the Israelites to escape the Egyptian army. And God concludes 
In verse 18, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord and I have gotten glory over Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. And so the reason for the miracle was so that the Egyptians would know the Lord was greater than all the Egyptian gods and the people of Israel would be rescued from death or a return to slavery in Egypt. And so Moses, the leader at God's direction, encouraged the people of Israel to not fear, but believe God. And then God instructed Moses to take action, believing that God would work a miracle. And so when you and I are in hopeless situations and we're praying to God, we need to listen. Oftentimes our prayers are simply monologues. God help me, God help me, God help me. And we need to listen. Because the way God helps us is by speaking to us, encouraging us, and giving us direction. God wants to speak to you. He's got a plan for your life, no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult your situation is. And he wants to give you his plan. He's not hiding it from you. But we have to listen. There's a time then for God to speak to us and give us his plan. There's a time for prayer and there's a time for action. And the action that God requires of us in our situations will always involve faith. Moses had to believe that the sea would part as he commanded the people to move forward or everybody would be drowned. Just march into the sea, guys. Uh, he had to believe the sea would divide. Again, what is the difficult situation you're facing in your life or perhaps someone close to you is facing? As you're crying out to God, as you're seeking to believe God for a miracle, and you might not even know what that miracle is, or perhaps you have an idea what, what God might do, listen to see what God is speaking to you. Now, generally speaking, God doesn't speak in an audible voice that we can hear with our physical ears, but he has a way of communicating to us in our spirits, in our thoughts. And the more time you spend praying, the more time you spend listening to God, the better you'll get at hearing God's voice. Perhaps God will say, well, keep on praying. You need to keep on praying. It's not time for action. Or possibly God will say, here's my plan for you. I'm going to work in this situation. Be encouraged. Or maybe it's time to take action and God's going to tell you what to do. What is your next step? It could be different in every situation. It could be different for every person. But listen for God's encouragement and then trust in a miracle working God. So Moses obeyed God. It says in verse 21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their, on their right and on their left. Now, amazingly, some people have tried to explain this miracle way with all types of natural explanations, like the Red Sea was just a very shallow thing and the wind blew and kind of dried it up and say, well, as we go on in the story, how did all the Egyptians drown then? Uh, all of those attempts are simply futile. No natural wind could blow a path in the midst of a sea with walls of water on both sides of the people. It defies 
the natural course of events, the natural laws of physics, uh, of weather forecasting, meteorology, and everything. Of course, I don't put much confidence in that either. But, uh, and so the miracle happened. It happened only when Moses obeyed the Lord. What does it say? Moses stretched his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back. And so there was a cooperation. Moses had to do something in faith and then God responded. Now all this, as this was happening, we don't have time to read the whole uh, chapter. You can read it for yourself. Exodus chapter 14. I encourage you to do it this week. The angel of the Lord had been leading the nation of Israel. He'd been in a cloud by day and a fire by night. Always been going in front of Israel. And as the Egyptian army was approaching, the Israelites were encamped by the sea. Egyptians on the left, sea on the right. The angel of the Lord in this cloud that was before Israel went behind Israel and stood between them and the Egyptians. And so the angel of the Lord protected them as this was all happening. And so the Israelites, and we know there were 600,000 men alone, so more than a million people. How long would that take to march through the sea? It took quite a while. During all this time, the cloud was protecting them so the Egyptians couldn't get closer. And once all of the Israelites were on the other side, the final stage of God's plan was going to unfold. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea. Then the Lord said to Moses, who is on the other side of the sea, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And so the Egyptians were racing their chariots into the midst of the sea, walls of water on both sides. If you read the whole story, the angels of God were disrupting the chariots, tearing their wheels off, and all kinds of things to slow them down. They're all in the midst of the sea. And Moses received further instruction of God to once again, he being on the other side of the sea, stretch his hand out over the sea for a second time. And what happened? Well, the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. And so the walls of water came crashing down. They drowned the entire army of Pharaoh without a single survivor. The victory of the Lord was complete. Not a single Israelite perished, and not a single Egyptian soldier survived. And what was the effect on the people of Israel? Well, They feared, not the Egyptians anymore, they feared the Lord. Which is the only thing we as believers should fear. We should only fear the Lord. And they believed in the Lord. And they stopped complaining and grumbling against Moses. Okay, Moses had done a good thing now. Had rescued them. It was really God. And they put their trust also in Moses, the servant of God, because Moses had listened to God and followed God's instructions. And so the people and Moses trusted in a miracle-working God. So again, back to us today. St. Louis, 2019. What type of difficult or hopeless situation are you facing in your life or the life of someone close to you? It could be a health issue. 
It could be a relationship issue. It, it, it could be a financial or job situation. It could be a myriad of other things. Whatever it is, God has a plan to get you through it. And usually, God's plan involves a miracle of one kind or another. Now, there are big miracles. This was a very, very big miracle. I don't think it's, well, I, I can assure, it's never been repeated in history. It's a once-of-a-time miracle. And there are small miracles. But every miracle provides a solution for a difficult or hopeless situation. And so your difficult situation is an opportunity to see God work a miracle. At the right time, God's going to give you instruction to follow to see your miracle take place. And as you obey, as you believe, God will carry out his plans. Now, oftentimes, God's miracles are not the ones we might expect or imagine. Sometimes, sometimes we tell God what miracle he's supposed to do. And sometimes he has other thoughts. Sometimes he has other plans. But his plans are always better than ours. And we need to believe that. God's plans are always better than ours. His plans are perfect. God's plans are to bring about the right miracle. Remember, it's not just about us. It's not just about you. It's about bringing God glory and helping you as well. And that's what God's plans and what God's miracles always do. And so we need to grow in our trust in a miracle-working God. And so I believe that we all need God's miracle-working power in our lives. Some of us may need bigger miracles today and perhaps others smaller miracles. But we need miracles because we're never going to be able to carry out God's plan for our lives in our own power. And thus we need God's supernatural miracle-working power to follow his plan. And as we do, we'll know that God has worked a miracle. Now, other people might say that's just a coincidence, okay? Small miracles, people might say it's a coincidence. But we know God did something special in our lives. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to worry over the difficulties that you may face in life. See those difficulties. See those seemingly hopeless situations as opportunities for God to do something, for God to get glory, for God to bring you through. Listen for God's encouragement. If you're going through a difficult time or difficult season in life, God wants to encourage you. He's speaking. We just have to have ears to hear. We need to take time to listen. And in your prayer time, stop talking sometimes for a while and asking for things and listen to see what God would say to you. God wants to show you his plan. And I pray that this morning's story would build your faith. The story we've gone over this morning really happened in history. Now, there's no video. There was no video. That's not on YouTube, but it actually happened. God is a miracle-working God. And your problem is like the Egyptian army. It's coming at you. You don't see a way out. It's going to get you. And you're tempted to be afraid. But God's miracle will, will defeat your problem. And keep you on course with his plan for your life. If God can use a miracle to defeat an entire army, then he can give you victory. He can give us victory in the situations we face as well.
Now, the first miracle that each of us needs to experience is the miracle of salvation. Having our sins forgiven and receiving eternal life. It's a miracle. That God would forgive our sins, restore our relationship with God. And to receive the miracle of salvation, we need to admit that we've sinned, we've done wrong things. Because we've been following our plan for our lives, not God's plan. That's the essence of sin, doing what we want to do and not following God's plan and God's instructions for us. That's what sin is. We admit that we've sinned and we believe that Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins that we might be forgiven. We ask for his forgiveness. And we commit our lives to following him. He's risen from the dead, which is another stupendous miracle. He rose from the dead on the third day. And we commit our lives to following not someone who was crucified and died 2,000 years ago, but someone who is alive today and reigning in heaven. And so let's bow our heads right now, and we're going to pray a prayer. If you'd like to commit your lives to Jesus Christ for the first time or to recommit your lives, perhaps you've made a commitment in the past, but you've wandered away, and God seems distant from you right now, and you want to recommit your life to him this morning, I'd encourage you to pray with me as well. Say something like this. And you can just pray in your mind. God knows what you're saying. Say, Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've been following my plan for my life and not yours. Please forgive me. I've done wrong things. I've acted selfishly. I've sinned in many different ways. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. I ask for his forgiveness. I believe he rose from the dead, and I commit my life to following him as my Lord and Savior. I don't understand everything, but I believe that you will work a miracle in my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we, we thank you for this story of one of the most awesome miracles in the history of of the planet. And God, maybe in heaven someday I'd like to see the video of it. I, I really would. But you rescued a nation of millions, God, and, and you defeated the army of a world power. And if you can do that, I, I believe you can help us today. And we ask, God, that you help each person here today who's facing a difficult or seemingly hopeless situation in their life. May we not give in to worry. May we not give in to fear about that situation, about our circumstances. But help us to have ears to hear you speaking to us, to hear your encouragement and instruction to us. We believe, God, that you have a plan for our lives. And you're going to help us to follow it. Help us to put our trust in you as a miracle-working God. Help that trust to grow. We ask that you help us to build our faith as we read your Bible each and every day as we read the miracles of that miracles that you've done in the past help us to build our faith for today and the future we thank you God for the miracles that you have worked in the past in our lives some small and some bigger ones thank you for the miracles that you're going to work in our lives in the future as we believe and follow you may we give you the credit May we give you the praise for everything that you do in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.